What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. That's right, it's me, it's your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Did you miss me? You only, you only had like a few days in between podcasts, so you hopefully didn't miss me too much. And Lost Boy Philip is with me. Hello, 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 hello. And we will be joined later in the show by Chris Cowan of the Stunning and Brave podcast. We're going to talk all about some DC comics in the 90s, mainly focusing a lot on, did you know they killed Superman in the 90s? Oh my goodness. Yeah, what? I know, mean, I mean. Killing a hero? That's never done. <laughs> That's never been done before, has it? Uh, and they broke the Batman. Well, will they? Will they bring him back? I, I, golly, I don't know. Did can, they? Did they bring he, Superman back? I don't know. Can they? Can they heal a back? I don't uh, know. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, wow. Ooh. But so that's coming up later. But of course, we've also got some coverage of the new Disney film, The Jungle Cruise, which is the latest Disney film Woo-hoo. based on an attraction at a Disney park. We'll tell you what we thought about that. We have at least one new story we want to look at. And of course, we have a visit to the trailer park coming up with a couple of trailers that uh, I did not expect to get to see, but I, was, I enjoyed watching both of them. So let's fly away to Neverland here and we'll dive right into the Fandom Nexus with a bit of news. Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Okay, normally I guess, yeah, we would have some host chatter, though, wouldn't we? Usually. Um, but I didn't really have anything to chatter about other than, you know, I'm still watching Friends and I'm still watching Chuck. I think there was something actually that popped up in Chuck that I thought was interesting, and now I can't think of what it was. <laughs> Well, that must not have been that interesting. Well, then. no, it was something. I was watching Chuck this week, and something came to mind that I thought would be worth sharing, and uh, I, I, I cannot think of what it was. So we don't have much for a host chatter here. But uh, one Shazam. thing, that, you know, the, the big <laughs> elephant in the room news story was Scarlett Johansson, and you know, she does have some stuff in her contract uh, because Disney released. Uh, it's she's saying that 
this is a breach of the contract she had on the amount of money she's supposed to earn based on theater sales. Mm-hmm. The release, yeah. And she didn't get as much theater th- sales, she's saying, based upon people being able to stream it at home. And I can understand that. Mm, she might be right. Yeah. Uh, and here's here's the quote that, says, that the lawsuit says. It says, Disney intentionally induced Marvel's breach of the agreement without justification in order to prevent Miss Johansson from realizing the full benefit of her bargain with Marvel. And that's what the suit says. They filed a filed over in Los Angeles Superior Court on Thursday. I'm reading this from the New York Post. Uh, Thursday, Disney says there is no merit to Johansson's legal salvo and that it is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Disney has fully complied with Ms. Johansson's contract, and furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date. Uh, personally, I kind of have to agree with Disney. I understand where she's coming from because you want to make sure your contract is fulfilled, but dadgummit, $20 million wasn't enough for you yeah and uh, yes with the 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 world has kind of changed with COVID-19 and more people are watching from home now uh, we went to the theater we Mm -hmm. watched it yeah I still love going to the theater we actually just came out of the theater because we want to watch Jungle Cruise we're also in a different area a rural area I don't even know if I can say that word we're suburban (laughs) yeah yeah but you know I'm talking about yeah 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 suburbanized (laughs) but but compared to places like New York and Boston and all it, it, to them, this would be rural to them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, we can go to a theater where there's not that many people, uh, especially if you go in the day, like we do usually. Yeah. And so well, sometimes we go at night, but not usually. Yeah. So, and, all, well, even from the receipts from theaters, it's, you know, what they're calling like, Oh, well, wow, it was a good turnout. It made 25 million in the theater domestically. That is low compared to what we expect for these blockbusters movies. But the the movie industry is excited about it because it is at least people going back to the theater. But not as many people are going back to the theater as you know you would have expected. And to their defense, talking about the uh, the stars and all, yeah, I understand that they're wanting you know a big box office smash like they did for so long. They got I hate to say spoiled to it, but it <laughs> maybe it they is. did. <laughs> but that being said. You know, we all wanted to go back to normal like it was, but at the same time, some things are not ever going to go back to the way it once was. <sighs> they, they have to, uh, because of the scare, but also there are going to be films that are going to be released at home, and that might be for the better, it might be for the worse. Maybe we'll go back, who knows? But when people do pay uh, a lot of extra money, which some of us have, you'd still get extra money in your account, so to speak. I'm yeah. talking about her now. And, uh, so, you know, it's and not like she's going poor for a minute. <laughs> I, I don't know how much we're going to go back to any sort of normal because a lot of people now me. I mean, if it's me or just me and, and my wife, I can still pay less going to the theater for us to watch it than what people are paying for premiere access. But people who have children and sure. they want to go see a, the latest Disney movie, they're finding it cheaper to just pay the $30 and they can watch it as much as they want. I can understand that. Uh, and you know, the world has changed and I don't know if that will ever go back. If Disney sees benefit to having premier access to like that, uh, they're going to continue to do it. But I would, I would really myself, I would really love to be able to go to see more movies in the theater, but I do understand that, you know, a lot of families are willing to just fork over $30 cause they'd pay 50 if they took their, their whole family yeah, to the sense. theater. Now for me personally, there are some times that I can't because I do have physical issues yeah. and I can't drive. So unless I meet somebody who's going to go like Jeremy here. Or others, I can't always go. Mm. And so, therefore, there are times that I just have to go, well, I'll get HBO Max or whatever it is yeah. that I have. Yeah. So Fortunately, like, I we have, like a lot of the same movies. <laughs> yeah, therefore, uh, our nerdyisms go together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And uh, but that I'll be honest with you, the reason why I got HBO Max was because at the time nobody could really go to the theater much, and it was yeah. getting uh, Wonder Woman at the time, and I wanted to see it. Yeah, the Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And I watched it plenty. Let me tell you. <laughs> And this is well. This this is a sort of a news story, but it sure. almost would fit into our review. Sure. This caught me off guard, but I guess the news. And I'm going to read this right from Metallica.com. It says basically, should you head out to the theater or fire up Disney Plus Premier Plus access at home this Friday, you might recognize a certain song that appears twice in the movie Jungle Cruise, a never heard before, totally new and different version of Nothing Else Matters. This was, and I even watched in the credits because I recognized it at the beginning of the movie. This was Metallica, the actual guys from Metallica working with composer James Newton Howard and reimagined the song, rearranged it, and uh, with Metallica actually playing with the orchestra. And I did not know it was coming. They kept this, they played this close to the chest, but I went, I've got onto the iTunes. I bought that one song because I was like, I got to get this. This was so cool and it fits so well in the movie. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, but I mean, that's big news. Metallica has now made an appearance or played a song for a Disney movie. This has got to be the first time ever. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And even when I heard cool. it, when the Disney logos, I leaned over to you and I'm like, yep. Metallica's in a Disney movie. Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? Uh-huh. Metallica, Metallica in a Disney movie. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. That is, I mean, now wow. I can't help but imagine. Of Mickey Mouse and spandex and playing on the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it. goodness! Well, this is—I mean, technically, you know, Marvel movies are Disney movies, but yeah. getting to hear Led Zeppelin and Thor Ragnarok was, you know, pretty cool. Anyway, but oh, I see the know, whole time I was with Marvel that. films have kind of yeah. set a precedent ever since Guardians of the Galaxy, really, of having some great classic rock songs yeah. already. So that, but that was still pretty cool getting to hear Led Zeppelin well, twice and Ragnarok. When I'm at Disney, I, I think at the time it was, I don't remember if it was MGM still, and that might have been, but it's either way, Hollywood or, or Hollywood, whatever they call it. Hall, I can't remember. But anyway, uh, I was there in listening to Aerosmith songs on their ride. And oh, yeah. I, I just thought that was really awesome. Yeah. Because to hear Aerosmith be playing next to Disney stuff, my mom and dad didn't care for it much, but I didn't care. <laughs> I was still saying, yeah. 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 Slightly <laughs> edited versions because, you know. Sure, they had to. Aerosmith is is king of innuendos. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? But I was sitting there to myself saying, "Dude, looks like a lady." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. part of what made that roller coaster yeah, fun, fun is having some Aerosmith music. I and, loved oh, man. it, man. I remember on that old ride they had. Uh, I mean, the old game they had where you could kind of be on that ride for a little while, and that was it was a lot of fun. Oh, was, oh, is that was that that cart game you had? Yeah, it was fun oh, for a short man. while. They had that. That was great. great I need stuff. to find myself a copy of that sometime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we're just all we really wanted to dive into for news is just a couple of stories. I mean, really, we covered a lot of things uh, in a podcast you just had a few days ago. Yep. Uh, and we've got a really great conversation to come up later. So, we're going to just keep the show moving. We're going to go next to the trailer park. Mama, another gator got in the house. Another gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Oh, oh. Get him, Mama. Oh. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. I didn't know that this movie was coming. But when I saw the poster, we were both like, oh, my gosh, I remember my teacher reading this, the, uh, these books mm-hmm. and when I was in elementary. Clifford, the big red dog. Yeah. And a lot of the you know younger kids or even like, like even some of the millennial generation probably remembers watching there was an animated series, I yeah, think, on PBS cute. or something. Yeah, it was really cute. I used to watch it. I think it was Nickelodeon or something to that effect. I watched it with my nephews a lot. Yeah, but now they're getting a movie of Clifford mm-hmm. the Bedroom, and, and obviously he's a computer-generated dog the entire time. Yeah, but it just looks so cute. And it looks so real to, to in the sense that uh, if you ever wanted to see that dog come to life, I used to read <laughs> the books, and then uh, there was somewhat of a comic strip uh, in a sense 
when online with the children and all, I used to read to them and I, I babysat a lot of children throughout my and nephews and nieces. And, and so it, to me, it was really neat kind of seeing this come to life. There's even little books I used to read to him about Clifford and yeah. Oh, I remember they used to sell little toys of Clifford. Yeah. And I, I used to get one for my nephews and I loved that. There's so even I, a Thanksgiving day parade yep, balloon of Clifford, yep, yep. which is, been which a is long time. you know, actual size. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, you know, I, I don't recall ever in the books them giving a reason for why Clifford was so big. And so seeing a movie having this cute little bit of magic that makes Clifford grow to be that big. Uh, that's I mean, I, I, I this is probably aimed at little kids. I'm going, though. Oh, yeah. Looks I'm cute. going. <laughs> I'll see if I can't get some of the little ones to go with me. But then again, if they don't, they don't. I still see it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're excited because this, this just hit all the right nostalgia buttons and it's not aimed at us. Sort of like we also saw a preview for Paw Patrol. Definitely not aimed at me. But I think, you know, kids are going to love that. Yeah. So I'm going to skip Paw Patrol. Well, I'll, I'll, if a little, uh, some kids I know who uh, I've watched it with them before, they, if they go, TV show I may go with them. And, uh, but yeah, they, they, uh, they watch that show with them, you know, and they're, they're, they're adorable little kids and they yeah. have the toys of it and they even have the tower of it. And I bought like, a few toys for them and they love it. And, uh, you know who you are, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there, I think the kids are going to go wild over that Paw Patrol. But anyways, that's not one of our trailer park movies because that's not really for people our age, clearly. Nope. But we finally got a first teaser look at Disney's film coming up, I believe it said even this fall, Encantada. I hope I'm saying that right. I know. I don't know. <laughs> and we finally, because we, we've gotten to see some imagery a little bit, and it's just beautiful and colorful, and it looked, wow, this looks like it's going to be just a beauty, beauty to look at. Now we finally got to be introduced to a few characters. And it appears to be about this, this family with, uh, they're calling him gifts, whether it's magic or whatever, but they Looks have like powers. entire island worth. Well, I think they seem to focus on that family. Sure, like a tribe almost, you mean? like? Well, no, like the family oh, in okay. that house. Yeah, Everybody maybe, in the oh, family, right. except maybe Mirabelle, right. has no gifts. Uh, you know, of course, I'm still thinking Sky High, where the powers are going to show up before the end of the movie. Uh, I, I think they're going to go that route, but... It looks delightfully silly and fun, and I, I the design of it. I mean, I love the the colors just pop off the screen. I'm 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 looking forward yeah, to this. It looks like it'll be a, a lot Disney of fun. movie. So, and music by Lin Manuel Miranda. Now, now I don't know who that is. Honestly, uh, he did all the music for Moana. Um, oh, okay. Well, uh, Hamilton. Uh, that in the high movie. I have yet to see that. He's a very talented songwriter. I was gonna say I love the stuff for Moana. That was very yeah. good. Yeah, he, he, yeah, such great songs in Moana. So this is more music from him. So that's I gotta admit, to get me while watching interested. the preview, I was thinking Moana, and maybe it was just a music background, or maybe because it's kind of islandish. Mm-hmm. But so maybe it's both. But either way, it does look good. Yes, indeedy. So a little bit of a tease. I'm sure we'll get a full trailer uh, probably maybe I would I would say at least September, October, because I think they said they're going to release this probably in November, which is actually a good time to release a Disney animated sure. film in November around Thanksgiving. I was thinking the same thing, honestly. That's 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 in my heart. That's where Disney movies Thanks, come out. Thanksgiving-ish, <laughs> early Disney, uh, early, uh, I was about trying to say early December, early Disney, but I meant yeah. to say early Christmas-y type. In time you know. for the family to go out for Thanksgiving. Yep. Yes. I remember Oliver and Company when we went to the oh, theater yeah. on Thanksgiving. And, that's and then later on, Little Mermaid and all that. Yes, Beauty and the Beast. Yep. It was right, you know, it was like last day of school before Thanksgiving break, I think it was, I went to go see Beauty and the Beast. Until Lion King, they started doing the summer stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking the modern. Uh, but they have, yeah, that. I think because Frozen was came out in sure, November. So, sure. I mean, they still do some stuff in November, yeah. but it always just feels special to me to be like Christmas time is the time I'm going to see a Disney animated movie. Sure. Right. Indeed, he do. So, yes, we're very excited for Encantada. And now, as we're moving right along, uh, I don't have a sounder for this, but it is time to review The Jungle Cruise. 
So, of course, this featured Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt, who, of course, were... I mean, The Rock has become a much better actor than, like, the, the like when he was the Scorpion King. I thought mm-hmm. he was terrible. But he's gotten to be a good actor. And he's, as as you observed, in his he's defense, Popeye. It, yeah, oh, yeah. In his defense, that Scorpion King, the computer effects were horrible. <laughs> yeah. But even his part yeah. at the beginning, where he just... It's, I, it yeah, he wanted to agree. But that was his first movie, too. Right, his yeah, first movie. Uh, in this film, yeah, he did. He reminded me a lot of Popeye uh, yeah, in the beginning. That hat. He reminded me of Popeye the way he was... Because he's... The fact is, he's a good actor, but he's also... A tongue-in-cheek, corny guy, uh, and boy, was this movie corny. And he's good. At, yeah, it remind me. I was telling you earlier, remind me of a combination of Popeye and Indiana Jones. I kept in my mind saying, "Popeye and Jones, I love it." Yeah, with a lot of the stuff, the Mummy, the characters really remind me yeah, of characters especially from the Mummy later in the film. You know, uh, when you had a lot of those. Uh, I, I don't know. What, I don't want to ruin anything. For yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. But, but yeah, there was. We'll say I mean, supernatural issue. Yeah, because I mean, you can, clearly, if you watch the trailer, there's a supernatural element to this story. But it is funny. There are all kinds of corny skipper jokes. Even some skipper jokes you're going to recognize. There's a backside of water and but, all that that's stuff. That's a. That, that's one thing I liked was they're kind of mocking the Jungle Cruise because the Jungle Cruise is full. I'm talking about from the Disney ride. Yeah. Full of cornball stuff, and I hate to say this, and it may sound like I'm disrespecting my own father. But from that generation, at least my dad, he had such cornball jokes and almost, I could almost hear every time he would tell something, he was a pastor. He would, I would almost hear rah, 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 when he'd say stuff. And <laughs> yeah. th- that's why I loved it in the beginning when he was telling all these horrible corny jokes. Oh, yes. I was thinking, oh, it makes me miss my dad. Yeah, when you, <laughs> when you first it. get in there and, and get the Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character, the skipper, Frankie. Yeah. Uh, right. And you've got an entire. Jungle Cruise ride thing going on with him and it, oh it was so funny was and great uh, fans of the Jungle Cruise ride you're gonna love this yes. we even surprise did have Trader Sam as yep. a as a side character mm-hmm. uh, lots of fun you know great just corny cheesy adventure fun and really good actors on the side that someone didn't even play big characters yeah. but but they good actors so I recognized right away I was like oh oh and but I won't say who they are because I want you to see them and. But yeah. I was like, wow, I, I can't believe they're in this. And I didn't expect it. And I thought it was really great. They did a really good job. Yeah. And they really kept tied to the chest on who, like, the villains are, other than they, they showed that there is a submarine and that they're going to find the this flowering tree. And it's yeah. this big thing. But they've really you haven't told a whole lot about the story and everything, so sure. I won't either. And, and I didn't expect the actor in. I, I don't remember his name. But I recognized him from... Uh, uh, so I didn't watch Fr- Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Friday but he Night Lights. He, he was a great y- young guy in that. He Maybe played kind of the, the wimpy kid. Wasn't even a football player through most of the, at least in the first season. In the second season, he came into the playing football, and um, he was like the main kid's best friend. But he ended up, uh, he did an outstanding job in this movie. He plays somewhat of the villain. He was the villain, but uh, he, I would never expected that from him back in the day. But I'm telling you, he was good. <laughs> And that's why you had somewhat of an Indiana Jones feel to it too. You have Nazi type guys, you know, German yeah, coming in. Well, yeah, it's around World War One time, yeah, and but, there's Germans. But, but I didn't German. wanna, I wasn't going to mention that. Oh, I'm sorry, but you. But it I, I want to. I want to keep everything a surprise because if they didn't say it in the trailer, I didn't want to say it here. But that's but right. So now y'all know. It, it is a not a Nazi, but a German. Anyway, yeah. he has that kind of a feel uh, about it. it. Very Indiana Jones, and like I said, very much Popeye feel too, yeah. because the fighting has got a Popeye like. You know, I couldn't help <laughs> yeah, it. it at did. times I kept wanting to go. Da, 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 da. I couldn't help it, man. I was like, "Give him a can of spinach." <laughs> yeah, my goodness, and uh, and he's so good at that corny stuff. We're talking about the Rock, 
Paul Giamonte having yes. him pop up in there. Even though he doesn't have a big part, he was really fun to see. Yeah, well, he's a great actor. Yeah, I am it, trying to find. He yells Frank guy. once, and it reminded me of his role where he yells Fred uh, in um, old uh, Fred Claus. Because he, <laughs> he, but he hollers Frank. Yeah, he goes Frank. <laughs> okay, Jesse Plemons is the actor who plays yes. kind of the main villain. Uh, and let's see, I'm looking well, for something I might recognize him for. Um, he carries the film as the villain through the whole thing, usually for the most part. Um, well, he's been in a lot of different yeah, things. He has. Fargo, the TV series, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, he was. Uh, but I don't see anything that I, I mean, because he he looked familiar to me. Yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah. He was in that Battleship movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He was good in that, too. He was good in that. But I'm not seeing anything that I recognize. Good actor. Uh, that, I, that I saw him in. My goodness. But he looked he looked kind of familiar to me. But one thing I oh, like. No, he was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch as Bigger Kid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Even popped up in Varsity Blues and mm-hmm. Walker, Texas Ranger. Ranger. He'll so, get it eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'll be able to say it. What long. I like about the film, too, is that uh, it goes through uh, a change throughout the thing about how they be- the characters behave. You know, I like. The yeah, story. there's a bit of character growth. I like that a lot. And uh, I I like it because you see like uh, Emily Blunt's character is rather reckless. And I like her description of she just dives head first. And there's a really funny scene where she's dove head first and she's doing like an Indiana Jones trying to be Indiana Jones. And The Rock is just, you know, his character is like, you might want to come down from, you know, uh, you're really not being you, you might want to come down. And then when it goes wrong for her, he's like, I was trying to tell you. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's just like she's doing these crazy stuff, but she's, she's really awesome. not prepared to do any of it. But she's making it up as she goes. She doesn't know what she's doing, she, yeah. but she's just head first diving into well, stuff. I, lo- which I made kinda her love fun. that not everything goes right too. Right. And that's I what I like stuff about goes it. Because it, that... it's cornball and it's a yeah. blast. It was a lot like I said, it was like a human cartoon. I mean, like a real yeah. life cartoon. It was fun. Yeah. And there is one element that I, I don't want to say too much. But I have a feeling that there's going to be some people who are going to say something. So, well, there's a lot of there's a big stereotype because there is a character who is extremely stereotype, mm-hmm. uh, and I saw it coming when the character at, at one point I was like, oh, this character is going to be like this because he's matching all the stereotypes. But that's all I'm going to say about it. Ended it. up being a, a good character. Too. Yeah, like he was it. an enjoyable character. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, he fit a lot of stereotypes, and I have a feeling Disney's going to take a little flack for that. Perhaps we'll good show, see. Very we'll good see. Show. I enjoyed it. But yeah, it was a lot and of I, fun. Lots of fun action. Lots of... It's, it is cheesy. It's like the action is cheesy, but that's part what makes it fun. Yeah, the And humor. it's the Jungle Cruise. It's supposed to be cheesy because the jokes are cheesy. Yeah, the whole thing. And they, they fit in a lot of things from the ride, too. Yes, they did. Even, the, even Rosita. Uh-huh. For the, we know the, what uh, happened to Rosita. Uh, and the, even there, there's pretty much a tiki room bird. The tiki room. In yeah. there as well. Because that's always right there next to the <laughs> Yeah, it's right there. So oh, we, we definitely yeah we definitely recommend this movie. It was a heck of a lot of fun. It made me want to go to the to the park and get yeah. myself a, a Dole Whip. <laughs> oh, and I forgot I was going to try to go. Well, we kind of had got sidetracked. So there, yeah. There's something for host chatter because I was thinking, you know, if we go to North Kansas City, there is a place to get a Dole Whip around here. But uh, yeah. uh, as we here's kind of a funny bad story, I guess. But as we came out of the theater, they were Old looking adventure. for so the owner of my car, which was me. Uh, some other guy's car, poor guy, his parking brake failed and his car rolled and hit my car. Uh, we're working on that right now. So that was kind of a surprise, but yep. made me completely forget we were going to go get a Dole Whip. Yeah, well, instead, right. instead your car got whipped. <laughs> yeah, my car got whipped. So, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll hopefully get that taken care of pretty quickly. So, and he was a nice guy and we were nice people. He was glad we were nice people. So. 
It was it's it's gonna it's gonna work out fine, but that was kind of a surprise for the end of the movie. But yep. anyways, surprise ending, surprise <laughs> ending. But let's get in. We've got a great conversation with Chris Cowan from Stunning and Brave. Well, you know what? I'm gonna introduce him as we get in here. But uh, let's just jump right on over to that. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna do something, and uh, all right, we've been yes breaking away from Disney here for quite some time. Uh, we're still doing some Disney. Sure. Like I said, I still love Mickey Mouse but I feel a little betrayed. Anyways, but we're going to go completely opposite in the opposite direction, not even talking Marvel today. We're going to talk some DC Comics. Yeah, I like that. But this could be funny because I, I got promised, uh, y'all thought James Kennison, James Kennison was funny when we had him on here. I've got, for all of you who are a big smart aleck, I found probably the biggest smart aleck you've ever heard on any show. <laughs> I found his show. It's like it's called Stunning and Brave. They will, they're an equal opportunity offender. Very tongue in cheek, this show, if you ever check it out. It's like uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> very tongue-in-cheek like Seinfeld. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so no soup for Chris. Uh, no soup for But you. this is Chris Cowan, which you've had a lot of different shows. Apparently, I haven't listened to all the other stuff. I, I just came across Stunning and Brave. I don't even remember. I think I found Stunning and Brave because I think James Kennison on that story show had mentioned it. I was like, well, let me go check right. it out because I need more comedy shows in my life. And it is... <laughs> There's no way really to explain it besides equal opportunity offender, but it's very tongue in cheek. You have to be able to laugh at yourself and and you have to laugh at some of the stuff going on in the world, because if you don't laugh at it, you're going to cringe and yeah. cringe so much. You're going to wind up looking like the Grinch. <laughs> There's so many cringeworthy things that happen on social media in the world today that. Yeah. So Chris Cowan allows us to laugh at it with his smart aleckness and I sometimes like saying something that's entirely inappropriate, but it's. <laughs> I have a dark sense of humor, so I still laugh. I like to call it smartcasm. Smartcasm. There you go. There we go. I like it because it was smart aleck to be and clear, sarcasm. Yeah. 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 No, the, the words you're combining are smart and, and sarcasm. Right. Uh, yeah. Smart. In case smart. anybody got the wrong idea. Yeah, that's right. It. Well, I am the guy who never grows up. I am the pan here in Neverland. I you never said grow it about up. Me. <laughs> I'm sure I will laugh at fart jokes. Youngster. I still think farts are fun. Okay. Anyways, to get us on track. Uh, so we're going to be talking some of the 90s DC comics and mainly like we're actually coming up. We realized like 1992 and 1993 was the death of Superman and Batman Nightfall. Can you realize that's like 30 years ago? I know you're making me cry. I'm old yeah, in my heart. Crazy. Amen. Yeah. My I still gosh. got all those comics. I see you do too. And I, I, I keep those around all the time. That's it. Ooh, wow. I, I got a big stack that I brought with me. Just I, wow. I keep them around, you know. I live in that time, man. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Philip is yeah. the biggest Superman fan you will ever meet. Literally in the sense of uh, size. Of yeah, you know. <laughs> He's a big man. You know, six. I don't four, know. Yeah. yeah. I have I have a friend who might who might give you some competition oh, in, yeah. in in both size yeah, and cool. being the biggest Superman. I'm, fan, I'm so. glad to know that because yeah, I, I sense <laughs> of bromance could be coming. Hey, I, I'm glad to know <laughs> yeah. that because you know I get mocked a lot of times. Yeah. I, a lot of times where I wear a lot of crazy ties, and I just now mm -hmm. starting to get some uh, even preaching. Beach, he's got crazy ties. beach shirts and all. You know, and yeah. I like to wear ties. I wear Superman ties and and other things nice. too. I try to connect it to sermons, and I w use different people as examples and things, and just for the fun of it. I like that kind yeah. of stuff. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have like a Superman uh, tie clip. So oh, awesome! Nice. Got one. Love it. I love there you it. Go. That's great. I even yeah. got one that had a little bit of kryptonite in there. I got from Metropolis, Illinois, and oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's, it had a little bit of kryptonite in there. That's why I always feel so weak. Probably why I have seizures during that. Sermon. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably not a good idea to wear that. Then they're oh, just kidding. So 
It's That's actually funny. so bad that we actually did a fan film called Supers because I'm the biggest Spider-Man fan, which is I'm the Spider-Pan because I'm the pan of Neverland and a Spider-Man fan. And But we knew so we did a fan film called Supers that I almost in the vein of clerks as being a bit of slackers. But we took the concepts before they made a movie of Civil War. We took the concepts of Civil War and said, well, what if that happened in the DC universe and the Marvel universe? Spider-Man and Superman has retired, grown kind of overweight, and (laughs) they slowly kind of worked their way back. And we've got a really goofy fan film we made. How many years ago was that? Way too long. You were still married at the time. Yeah, it's embarrassing. I almost want to cut the ending of the movie. is very funny, but that's also where your wife, ex-wife appears. I almost want to cut that part out of the movie. It's on YouTube. Roll it along. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's hilarious. It's very funny. We We didn't really write a script. We just kind of improved it but yeah we were spider-man and superman because that's kind of us i'm the yeah, weird personality I need to see this he's the I boy scout and i'm the weirdo so we kind of got the same personality yeah. anyway that's Take awesome <laughs> <laughs> anyway so like how old were you when this all happened with that like because like, the first one was the death of superman and that one yes. just rocked everything so i remember I was, uh, uh, like high school age yeah so i was uh uh geez I was actually probably six or seven. Yeah, honestly. that's what I was saying. It's like, you look um, to be a lot younger yeah, than us. I, yeah, I imagine you're yeah. about 10 years younger than me. I was about 16. So Okay, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I was born in 85. So I was just a a, a, a child, a, a young child. And so I wasn't actually, I didn't actually follow these storylines live, other than obviously, you know, when Superman died, like that was. Like that was like front page of of our newspaper. Sure. And it was like being reported on here. And there was a huge, huge deal. And and because I think their their marketing team at the time was really on it. Like this wasn't actually the first time Superman had ever like died, you know, quote unquote. But but they made a big deal about this and they they turned it into this big storyline. Yeah. And it. There were like articles that people were writing about how, you know, like this is a sign of a, a new era of like, I don't think Superman's really going to come back. And it's like, of course, Superman's going <laughs> to come back. And it was, all, it was already in the plans. I mean, yeah. you know that. And yeah. I know it now. But yeah, at the time, you know, we didn't. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, so it wasn't first, actually he's original. He's the greatest. You can't kill him. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> it, it wasn't actually till like I was probably a teenager or something that I actually started going back. Um, and, and kind of actually reading the death of story, man, uh, death of <laughs> death of story, man, death of Superman storyline. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then I see my favorite part though, was I collected all the, uh, the, the rise of the Superman yeah. that kind of followed mm, that. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, Cause that was huge. That was, that was awesome. I, I really liked what they did with that. I even collected the toys when they brought out the toys a couple of years later. Uh, they, they, yeah. I had those at the time. And that's because I just, I mean, they had too many muscles on all of them. You know how they always had to do. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. but at the time, I was made fun of for liking Superman because you people, I guess they kind of revolted as Superman after Superman 4. And oh, uh, I watched uh, that one way too many more times than I, I would care to. <laughs> but I actually like things about it. I'm not going to say I like the film itself, but first of all, I'm a Gene Hackman fan. Oh, yeah. And oh, I love yeah. Gene Hackman. He was in it, and and I like yeah. that part of it. And Gene Hackman was in it because Chris Reeve. And that was the reason why he was in it. It wasn't yeah. the greatest film, but it was a canon film, if that tells you anything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the special effects yeah. and all that. But th- th- all that being said, I remember wanting so badly for Superman to have a comeback. And so, yeah. in the comic book world, at least, 
he had one with the death and I won't say yeah. I won't say resurrection because I'm you know, I don't want to do that. But we'll say comeback. Well, when you find out he didn't really die, no, he, he just needed yeah. a recharge. So I was really glad to see us come back of Superman. Yeah. And I was like about time. So when they brought the toys out, it was pretty much the toys of the comic book of his yeah. death and coming back and all that. And they had all these toys at the time, even even though he wasn't very big. I like to see Doomsday when they brought him back. I was like, finally, yeah. you know, and I liked all that stuff. Yeah. But it was just a, it, I honestly, I feel like it, it, it was a good time for Superman to die. Yeah. Cause I think you're right. It was, uh, it, it, you know, it was a, it was a time when people were becoming a little less like, you know, he, he was getting to be cheesy. Like Marvel sure. was clearly, uh, you know, the established, like, this is the cool superhero company. And then DC has, you know, really since the sixties, DC's really struggled to kind of overcome their like dated and cheesy mm-hmm. kind of vibe that they've, they've, they've had yeah. for a while, pretty much for any character who isn't Batman. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it. Batman had Frank Miller to completely turn that on its head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if it had been for the 89 Batman movie, yeah. that yeah. may not have, yeah. Which really and, blew me away because I was so used to the Adam West Batman and watching Super Friends when I was a kid. And so that's the yeah. Batman I was used to. And then that Tim Burton movie came out and I was like, this is not the Batman I know. So, yeah. What was you saying? Well, I was saying like, so like, uh, I think it was like 85. They kind of, they did a reboot of, of Superman. They, they did. It was and, like 85, Yeah. Yeah. And they did. And that was, I think that was a smart move and that was a good attempt on their end to kind of like re reinvigorate mm-hmm. interest in him. And they did a good job of kind of, they kind of got rid of the whole Superboy concept. They, they and, did. They did. What had happened was they, that's when they did the whole deal where Flash had to run around the whole earth and you get rid of that's yeah. what, it. It was a good deal because you got to kind of keep all your favorite things. For instance, Paul Kent got to stay alive. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to redo everything you want to do with your characters and uh, keep what you like, get rid of what you don't. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was confused watching. I still love one of my favorite movies of all time, Superman, the 1979, uh, 78 movie. Was that oh, yeah. part of the crisis of in, on infinite? That, that's what it was. Okay. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, 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 and See, that redid. Guy, I'm guessing it's stuff at DC. <laughs> they they <laughs> yeah. they they did everything, redid it all. They still kept their style, but they yeah. got to redo everything they wanted, and you got the new Blue Beetle and all that kind of stuff. Mm, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I loved him and all that stuff. And anyway, that was yeah, that was back like when rebooting your entire comic book universe wasn't just like an annual thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> like it's now, pretty much is these days. They've done it like what. Up like 10 times, times yeah, in the last that's true. Two decades, like that's true. They yeah. did, you know, Infinite Crisis, Final Crisis, Final Final Plus Crisis, yeah. you know, Zero Hour, <laughs> yeah. like well, Crisis. So many crisis times. could be a New Fifty Two, yeah. yeah, and then New Fifty Two again, and New Fifty Two too. Yeah. And they should really make Crisis uh, DC Crisis could be a cereal uh, company, you know, like <laughs> DC <laughs> Crisis cereal crunch, Crisis crisps, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a tragedy yeah. in every bite. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the biggest sign, though, that they really needed to kill off Superman was uh, by the time uh, the death of Superman came around, the dude freaking had like a mullet. And oh, I'm like, yeah. you know, at that point, <laughs> yeah. Superman has jumped the shark. Time to just. Yeah. That was that was after his death. After yeah, his death, they brought it back, and he had player. a big mullet thing, and yes. it was all combed back. And I know well, they he were had the to... long hair before that, didn't he? No, no, no he's he after. Still, he, no, 
they, he started to look oh, a little right. like Chris You're totally Marino. right. You're yeah. right. The, you're totally but, right. I was thinking. No, he, it's okay. He, yeah. They were trying. I think yeah. what they're trying to do is give you a sign of the before and after. Yeah. And, yeah. But he did get a mullet. And I got to be honest, I didn't like it. Well, it was kind of this whole bishop thing that only you can see this, but this whole bishop yeah. look. And I didn't like it. But the only thing I liked about it was that you knew, oh, here's before death. Here's after death, yeah. Superman. Right. I did like when he came out and he was wearing all black. Not that I wanted him to keep it because I'm old school. I like the blue right. and all that. Uh, yeah. But I liked later on when I still like the old school look. I, I can't yeah. help it. I don't, yeah, I'm, you know, I can't help it. I'm I'm old school. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I don't. I wouldn't mind. I don't mind like some of the more modern adjustments where they kind of stylize it a little bit. Sure. But I feel like you can't get rid of the red shorts. You got I'm, I'm the same. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm like you. Even like when they, you can make them a little less baggy or whatever. Sure, sure. To make it look more, I don't know, structural, but. You got to have the rest. I'm, I'm right there with you. You know what's funny? Before he died on there, I kept, yeah. I, I'm like 15, 16. I'm sitting yeah. there saying, they need to get rid of the shorts, blah, 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 blah. They need to get rid of the underwear, I called it. And then I yeah. said, after he came back. You're always trying to get Superman out of his underwear. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then when he, when he came back and I became a bigger and bigger fan, I kept saying, no, he's got to keep it. He's got to keep it. It's like I became – and I guess I was aging like my father was at the time. He's no longer with me. But I remember uh, it's like I become more my father. And I say, no, mm-hmm. you. They, it, there's something about that classic look. It, you, the older you become, you start to realize, no, he's that way for a reason. And and uh, I, I started realizing something, too, about that, even if they're just going to have the belt. At least the belt has to have – and they do this sometimes. He has to at least have red on the top and on the bottom. I'm talking yeah, about for me. Yeah. He has to have yeah. red on the top and on the bottom, if nothing else, because uh, I'm an yeah. artist. And you have to have color scheme-wise. Yeah. Without it, it looks stupid. It doesn't look right. It looks Something looks blank. Something doesn't look right. I'm talking about yeah. for myself. It, it just yeah. doesn't look right. And uh, so every time they – and I, I'm not trying to put anyone down if they like them, but I do not like the newer films of Superman very much. Yeah. And I miss every time that he comes out, he's wearing this really dark blue and he doesn't have any red down there or anything. I'm like, something's not right. Yeah. <laughs> we wish Christopher Reeve was still alive. Oh, we love you, <laughs> to Chris. Come back one more time. <laughs> yeah. And you too, Chris. But I'll talk about yeah. it. You know? <laughs> yeah. So you, you came from like a different age. I'm like, for us, like, you know, I was born in 77. And yeah. so like my first real, I think, superhero probably was Superman. Because uh, mm-hmm. I remember when they put the extended version on television, yeah, uh, and it became this thing. Uh, it was a two night event. Yeah. I mean, Superman was like the hero. Of course, I had my other thing Saturday mornings. I had Spider Man and his amazing friends, and you know the Spider Man love was already there. But yeah. Superman was like the king superhero back there with the Christopher yeah. Reeve films. And to I mean that I mean that's to that is the way to me Christopher Reeve just embodied who Superman yeah. was and how he behaved. And even when I was reading at the time that it happened, I think I borrowed the book from you when you got the collection wow. of the Death of Superman. The way he sits there in the beginning of the story where he's talking like to a class and there's all these cameras, the way he's standing there and gesturing, I could see Christopher Reeve had had an influence even on the comics, the way he seemed yeah. to, the way they would draw him. This like, this is the way yeah. Christopher Reeve kind of would gesture and stuff. And he even yeah. looked a little like Christopher Reeve to me. So it was so much this embodiment. But what was interesting with, with killing him, and I remember seeing uh, there was a special about this, and there one of the, the writers of the team of writers he would come in every time they would meet. So, okay, what are we going to do with Superman for the next few months? What's the next big thing that's going to happen? Yeah. He would always suggest, well, there's nothing left to do with him. He's so powerful. We keep having to come up with super things for him to even be matched. Let's just kill him. 
And he would come every yeah. meeting. That'd be the first thing out of his mouth. Let's just kill him. And they would all be like, ah, that's funny. Yeah. And then one person said, yeah, let's kill him. And then, <laughs> yeah. And the crazy thing is you think Superman is overpowered. Doomsday is like tw- 10 times as overpowered because even if you beat yeah. him, he suddenly can't be beat the same way anymore. Yeah. He gets stronger. Yeah. I mean, goodness, how do you, you cannot stop Doomsday yeah. enough times. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's the only way you could come up with something that could actually possibly kill Superman is Doomsday, unless Darkseid. I mean, Darkseid, I think, could have done it, too. But. Yeah. You're uh, you're talking about the back, back when you were really, really young. You had just been a baby at the time, but they brought out a cartoon in 1988 or 89. I think it was 89. And I now have every episode of it, but it was a, it was a pretty rare cartoon, pretty yeah. neat. I mean, this cartoon... Has this right when they started letting Paul Kent live, uh, John, mm-hmm. you know, Jonathan? And um, so it was right after they did the whole change with the crisis. And because yeah. uh, I remember as a kid, I was like, what? I thought his dad was dead. But what's great was they had this great cartoon. And with it, they have these moments where they say, oh, back on in Smallville. And so I got to start learning about Smallville. And it showed memories of him when he was a kid mm-hmm. and how his yeah. dad took him out and he was practicing driving and all this stuff. And with that, the great thing I loved was they even had the theme song of the uh, John Williams yes. music, and uh, it was so great. I love that old show. And I remember I would <laughs> feel so stupid because I was at this time I'm like twelve or thirteen. <laughs> I run around my yard. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> I just love. I would. I did, something about that music gets to me to this day. No, you're not talking about the early '90s like Adventures of Superman. It, it was something like that. Yeah, it, it came out. Yeah, 19, it's still early '90s. '89. It came out '89. Yeah. To ninety, yeah. This was then, uh, who animated this one? It's not the filmation series. Filmation, no, it was filmation, ago. but it was um, uh, it was a. Small, it wasn't by this. It wasn't by the same guy who did the Batman. Right. Uh, this was cartoon. okay. This was an, a much earlier. It's a fun series, but, but yeah, it, the it was uh, very small nineties, and I really can't different. remember. Th- huh. This was, but this was before. Uh, this was before they did the Batman animated series. Yeah. This yeah. is even okay. I think before the Tim Burton Batman needed to come out. Yeah, it, it was wow. it was right, and it, so it was like eighty eight, I think. Yeah, if not earlier, because it was I believe the same year. I believe it was okay. the same year that the last Superman movie came out with Chris Reeve, and I yeah. could be wrong okay. about that, or it was a year after. But it was really, really good. And uh, I remember running around in circles. I, like I said, I felt like an idiot in a way, but I felt so good <laughs> running like every Superman. kid of our generation put a put a towel on their back. Tied it around and yeah. then Superman. Now kids in the nineties, right after the Batman, I'm sure a lot of kids put a towel around their neck and their Batman. But for us, it was that towel around the neck. I did yeah. that Superman. too, but I was the Adam West. I did <laughs> I actually had a I actually had a custom custom superhero shirt or a cape. Uh, oh, nice. just a red yeah. one. But it was I would go around, I would be super Chris. Three or something. That's great. But I would just, I would, I would wear that everywhere. I wore it to church. Oh, that's there great, you know. Chris. That's it great. Was, it was just, I just, I would wear it everywhere. It was ridiculous. Oh, and man. I, I would insist people call me like Super Chris. It was You're weird. the Cape Crusader. <laughs> yeah. Cape Crusader. Yeah. 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 That's nice. it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, I just love that. Like the the whole like. The, the death of Superman kind of like triggered something in DC where they just decided, you know what, let's just go crazy. <laughs> and I think it was I think it, it probably had to do with like like you said, like we've covered everything. The guy was just like, let's kill him. And I think they kind of were reaching that point, you know, after yeah. so many years. And what I love is it, it, it I almost see like a parallel between like the 90s DC 
and the 60s like Marvel, because yeah. that was something Stan Lee said about Spider-Man was he was like, you know what? We're all going under anyway. I'm just going to start yeah. writing what I want to write. Yeah. And that's when he created Spider-Man, who was just the most relatable character. And that that's what made Marvel what it is today. And I think DC kind of had a similar moment in the 90s where they're like, you know what? Our, you know, sales are dwindling. We don't know where to go with this. Let's just kill Superman. And then that led to a whole bunch of other crazy yeah. stuff, Eureka including moment. including uh, w- one of my other favorite storylines from the 90s, which is Green Lantern, Green Lantern losing his crap yeah. and going insane oh, yeah. and like destroying the entire Green Lantern. It was like, core. what, 95, 94, something like that? Uh, that was... I yeah. found out after the fact. I mean, yeah. the the return of of Superman leads directly into the uh, Emerald Twilight, yeah. which is the storyline of because it had zero Green. zero hour and c- came after the, that, all that. Yeah, that eventually leads to zero hour and, and Aquaman comes back with a losing set. a hand and uh, yeah because see I, I almost want to go back to Tim Burton Batman when everything went dark and we can go back to Frank yeah. for that but everything went dark with Batman they, they, so we make yeah. a lot of money because they start bringing out darker Batmans and then that dark Superman death and then yeah. everything went dark 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 let's go dark because we can darker go and, yeah. and they did they went is, nuts with zero hour is that the same time yeah. that like uh, the original Green Lantern well not, I guess not the original not the golden or silver age one but right. is that where he blew up Coast City or something? yeah he, he so he didn't blow up Coast City, no. but another uh, villain did. Yeah, and that's that's what drove him crazy because that nuts. was his entire hometown, all his family, yeah. his girlfriend. They all died. In he, uh, in he took the, out the. He said, "We don't Superman. need these guys anymore. We don't need these people." He's like, "We're going to get rid of all this stuff," and he just kind of lost it. He got that's where the he yeah. went, and that's where they decided and, he was possessed by parallax later. When later on, yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. was a cool idea. The guy who wrote all that did a great idea. He yeah. really did. Oh yeah, yeah. That's another great storyline. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, I'm totally bad at the names too. I, yeah, I, that's my, <laughs> I got all these brain. My brain problems. Hal Jordan. Yeah, he's got he's got no his no not Hal Jordan. I'm talking about the writer. So. I can't think of the writer's oh. name. Hal Jordan. I remember yeah. Alan Scott's the original original. Right. That was the yeah, Silver yeah, Age yeah. dude with the. Tin- yeah. I, I met yeah. the I met the writer to the original Green Lantern back in 1996. I got to meet that guy. Had him sign a comic book where he came back in the 80s, right before they did the whole Crisis on Infinite Earth, he got to come back and draw, and you can see the old 1940s style. Oh, really? Drawing. Yeah, and he drew an old Green Lantern comic book where he got to draw everybody. You can see it's really 1940s looking style, but it's cool. Right. Nice. And he, he got to sign it. No, it was really neat to meet him. And oh, that's uh, I, awesome. I, I said, thank you, because that's why I really started learning about Alan Scott. I didn't understand. I'd seen his picture before. I didn't yeah. understand how all that had had, you know, fixed in and fit in and Alan Scott yeah. was so different because he was more of a magical Green Lantern. Yeah. And yeah. he was allergic, if you will call it that. You know, his weakness was things of wood. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> because he was yeah. more he hung around like a, a train area because what happened was that's where the creator was. He when he was a kid he'd walk around the woods, around the train stations and all that. And so he basically wrote like what he was around when he was a kid. And so he's like, okay, there's magical monsters in the forest. And that's what where Green Lantern first started. Having for that, we wouldn't gone further. The Hal Jordan, where'd that come from? Yeah. Well, back in the 1950s when they rewrote it all, the uh, people were starting to go into space and all that. And I'm sure you already know this, but 
How's Jordan's based off of um oh uh, the actor um um come on Philip um uh, Cool Hand Luke uh, um Paul Newman Paul Newman yeah oh yeah yeah and Dave Niven was a uh, uh, Sinestro that's where they based that on Dave Niven good good old uh, actor. we were talking about Dave yeah. Niven the other day he was in Pink Panther right oh yeah. yeah okay oh yes yeah. nice so yeah, this, I see that so good stuff yeah. you know I like I'm sorry bringing out my ignorance with uh, <laughs> of, of intelligence <laughs> no that's awesome. Um, so yes, yeah, so then they brought. I guess if we, you know, we've talked of course about the death and return of Superman, yes. of course, and, and of course the Green Lantern. But the other, like the big thing, and this is something I remember from the '90s with these big yeah. stories. In order to get even more money, I mean, we did have a video game tie-in already to get for Superman money because there was this, the death of Superman, death and return of Superman um, video game. But they started bringing out novelizations, and I remember reading. Yes. That's where I first read the entire Nightfall storyline right. and a novelization oh, yeah. about that thick. That had from the beginning uh, where yeah. they introduced Bane, Bane and Batman was broken. Oh, Somebody yes. found a way to beat him. And it, it encompassed. I mean, it didn't can have every little comic included because there's uh, I, I some of the sets I see you've got there. I've checked some out from the library. I mean, there's so many different stories, even with Osriel and all these different things. The uh, yeah, the novelization skipped a lot of the, the stories just to kind of keep focused. Right. On Bruce Wayne, you know, healing back up and Osriel really just going freaking crazy uh, yeah. to the return of Bruce Wayne as Batman. Uh, but oh, my goodness. And the the detail in the novelization. I loved that uh, you got to get in Bruce's head as he's Batman at the beginning and his thought process of he's fallen off of something. It's like, OK, I must go limp. If I stiffen up, I'll break my bones and all these different things. That you think, wow, what it must be like to be Batman and always thinking all these strategies all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I wonder, you know, I. I wondered if the comic has been had been written that well, where you're in his head that much as the novelization yeah. was. But I don't think I've read the entire thing in the comic. I mean, I've read some of the Osriel stuff, and I have some of that. I but mean, trying to get yeah, the they, actual comics of this, even back when it was coming out, was hard because people would find out yeah. this was going to happen, and people who had never bought a comic in their life were suddenly trying to get a copy because they knew one day eBay would be a thing. So- <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think they... Um, yeah, the the comics usually, you know, because they they tend to make good use of the uh, you know that old thought balloon. Yeah, the green box yeah, as, or whatever. As, yeah, as well as like the you know you'll often have the the characters' thoughts in the little caption box or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know if the, I don't know how that would compare to the novel. But yeah, it's usually pretty pretty good at capturing like here's what they're thinking and strategizing and all that. Um, I know Marvel. Sure. Marvel was bad about that in the '90s. They you, they'd have every, the entire book would be thought balloons, especially in X Men. X Men was the kings of angst. They'd have oh, I have yeah. entire yeah. X Men comics of this. We're going to <laughs> angst around about all the things I'm concerned about. Angst, angst, angst. And because yeah. that was that was our generation, Gen X, we were angsty. Right. I'm sorry. They yeah. start, Spider-Man had the whole thing where he was angsting around and eventually decided he wasn't going to be Peter Parker anymore. And he was just going to be Spider-Man. I am the yeah. spider. And he was just thought process of angst, 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 angst. The 90s was loaded with it. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. the thought balloons and Batman were probably huge. Because if there's yeah. any guy who's got angsty issues, it's Batman. I think one of the best comics to do the balloons and have you going back and forth. I like that Batman had a blue one. Superman had a red one. And this is the mm. Superman Batman comics. Yeah. And they oh, had yeah. them together. And I love how you see Bruce say, uh, Clark is too much this, and Clark is he's he's too thoughtful. He's too this today, and then uh, he said, "I wish I was more like him." And mm-hmm. then they'd have uh, Superman saying, 
uh, Bruce is, yeah, he's too dark. He's too this. He's too moody. He's, I wish I was more like him. And I was like, I love yeah. that, that they're the opposite, but see, I love them both. Yeah. And yeah. I love how you go back and forth and they, and there's, they're, they basically define each other and they both want to be like each other. And I love that. They're the best of both, you know? <laughs> yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. But once again, this was, I think the creation of Bane. Must have been in a similar thing with Doomsday, where they were looking at Batman. Batman, given yeah. enough time to prep, can beat anybody. Because he's yeah. that smart. He will find a way. He'll be prepared before he goes into battle. Bane right. was was something created to, like, we have to have something that Batman can't figure out to get a match on or can outsmart yeah. him. And Bane knew how to beat Batman. Wear him out. Bust everybody out of Arkham. Let him wear himself out, trying to recapture everybody. And then when he's got nothing left, bam break yeah i was like that's I, brilliant it's interesting that both the the one who defeated superman and the one who defeated batman were both completely new yeah it wasn't like you would expect okay if anyone's gonna defeat superman it's got to be lex Luthor, uh-huh. and if anyone's gonna defeat batman it's got to be joker but instead they're like nah yeah. we got doomsday this crazy monster out of nowhere and then we've got bane this just criminal mastermind strategizer with who's all juiced up yeah. is just going to be the one. I think Monkey there's a steroid work. commentary. <laughs> yeah. We did, what we need to do is have uh, Joe Schumacher write for Bane. Oh, no. <laughs> <Bane>. Monkey work. <laughs> yeah. That's such a, and that they did that in the, in both the Joel Schumacher, uh, Batman and Robin, and they also did it in the, the cartoons, uh, as well, the yeah. Batman Adventures, where they kind of dumbed him down. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah, he was brilliant. He was he was smart. Like that's that's how you defeat Batman is you have to be really smart and you yeah. have to strategize and you have to put these puzzles into place beforehand. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was not stupid. Yeah, the character. Yeah. Now I do yeah. actually know of where Batman had previously died. There's a the, one of the first comics I ever bought. I got a, I think in middle school. I had uh, like a gift certificate to uh, one of the bookstores at the mall and I found a, a, a graphic novel. I don't remember how many issues the series ran, but there was uh, the many deaths of Batman. And that oh. I had to get it because it intrigued <laughs> me. And what it yeah. was, somebody had kind of figured out, well, Batman had to have been trained by all like the best of all these different things. And yeah. they systematically started killing People who were experts, race car driver, expert fighters, experts, you know, strength things. And some of these were actually people oh, wow. that had trained Batman, but he would kill them and then dress them up as Batman and leave the body. And the very first issue of it is a completely silent issue, except for at one point, Commissioner Gordon wants to check the body. He's like, I would know if this really was Batman's body. Yeah. And he pulls out the morgue. And before he goes to pull the mask off, he looks over at uh, somebody who was with him and says, get out. But that's the only line of dialogue. It's all just told through pictures. It's brilliant. But he goes and pulls Hmm. off the mask. And it's like, no, this guy couldn't be Batman. So he's Hmm. like, but it's kind of funny. It's like towards the end of the issue, after we've already seen like, oh, my gosh, we saw Batman dead at the beginning of this comic. At the end, yeah. Batman is going to catch him. It's just some random crook or whatever. And he hauls him in. And you see him hauling him into a police station, dropping this crook off. And all the cops are looking at Batman like. Oh. And they they show him a newspaper that says, you're dead. <laughs> and that's the end of the first issue. You know? it, it reminds me of uh, kind of like something you see on the movie Unbreakable, where the villain is uh, getting all these newspapers, things. But he's yeah. like, trying to figure out by he's you see at the end of the film, he's trying to set people up and he's killing people just to basically find someone who's unbreakable. So yeah, something like that. 
And I think that's really the first comic I got to see that, that really presented Batman as the detective because he's trying to figure out who is murdering all these people and dressing them up as me and why. Uh, which I can't yeah. remember the, the whole why other than the person was a lunatic. I mean, you're murdering. It's a serial killer. I mean, geez. Right. There's a Magna but, P.I. that's similar to that, actually. Well, of course there is. And he's, yeah, this is the other favorite thing is Magna P.I. I, I love really. lots of things. But, <laughs> I mean, wrestling, a Hulk Hogan on here. I got, want more in a wrestling shirt here, too. So I got lots of stuff. Whole, other, too whole many, other topic. Too whole many topic. things I love. <laughs> <laughs> we love everything, almost. So, but yeah, it was great to be able to, and uh, heck, I even remember uh, it's in 89, we actually went on a, we were down in Arkansas. Uh, doing like a there was I think we were going to the, that show down there but we were we went into a town to go shopping and there was like a detective comics that was actually really good it was actually had something to do with the Ku Klux Klan that he was tracking down I still have it. And, but I remember we sat in the back of the van reading these Batman comics and detective comics and I think growing up watching on Super Friends and watching the, the Adam West you don't get the concept of the detective and that's getting into the 90s Batman right, the animated right. series Really brought out the Dark Knight detective concept. It was the Detective yeah. Comics Annual of 1989. And what I loved about the back of it, well, I still have it. What I love about it was that was the first time I got to see a rogues gallery. Oh, of, of yeah. His, of his favorites. Uh, I mean, the people he fights. Mm-hmm. And the Joker looks similar to uh, to Jack Nicholson because, you know, that was the movie coming yeah. out. Right. And it says Jack Napier on there, you know. And uh, at the time, that's what it said in the, on there. And then also it had Poison Ivy, it Catwoman, it had... All these different characters who I knew of a lot of them, new two face, yeah. but this kind of brought a lot of people to to light. Where I got to know a lot of those people, and I was like, "Oh yeah!" And I, I already knew Scarecrow a little bit, but now yeah. I got to know them a lot, and I was like, yeah. "This is so great!" And especially the, like I said, the animated series really reintroduced us all to all these villains, and even made Mister yeah. Freeze a more interesting villain yep. than he had ever been. Uh, yes, the first time I yeah. seen him was in the '60s series, yep. and he's terrible. But then Mister Freeze suddenly got a backstory. Yeah, gave him an awesome, like, emotional backstory yeah. where you almost, like, care about him. Yeah. Uh, and also introduced, uh, like, Harley Quinn. Didn't yes. Exist yeah. For the cartoon. Oh, like, absolutely. And now She's that's, like, around. an iconic, yeah. like, fan favorite thing. Yeah. Um, and the, I just love the the art that went into oh, the Batman. Paul Dini and... Yeah. In terms of storytelling and just, like, the, the film noir vibe. And mm, that's it. And I was watching this video about because... Um, of the restrictions on what you could or could not show on the cartoon, they um, they had to find a lot of kind of workarounds yeah. in order to like tell some of these stories because it's Batman. It's yeah. inherently violent. <laughs> and and so, you know, and they couldn't just do the old 1960s like bam, smash, yeah. pow, every single time, you know, somebody gets hit. But uh, just the way that kind of forced them to adapt their storytelling and like, Oh, you know, in this scene, they might have to show it in shadows on the wall or in this time, they might have to just kind of leave it to the imagination exactly. a little yeah. bit. And that actually made it even more artistic. Yeah, even better. And I was telling someone that recently, these kids said, this needs to be rated R. This needs to be rated R. This needs to be rated R. And I said, you know, that's the thing. You think yeah. that rated R makes everything better. It doesn't. Yeah. Because yeah. for instance, the movie Jaws, the movie Jaws, 
They were restricted on what they could do, and it made it a much better, scarier film because your yeah. imagination cannot be beat. And I don't even know, it, and I'm not saying this for a fact, but I don't even know if Jaws would still be around if they could have done done everything that they wanted to do in the beginning of that. Yeah. You know, right? Because originally, if you see the the script and the way they had it drawn out in the beginning of the movie, Jaws was supposed to jump out, grab the woman, pull yeah. her in, and all this stuff. But that movie is so scary and wonderful. Uh, and the same with that show. Uh, a lot of things they couldn't do made it such a dark, wonderful, and that yeah. cartoon changed the way cartoons yeah, are made yeah. to this day. The great, yeah, movies. even Mask of the Phantasm going out oh. in the theaters even changed because they, yeah. with the being in the theater, they're like, you know what, we can have them bust out one of the Joker's teeth. We can actually kill a few people. Yeah, so that, that, yeah, that. 1993 Christmas, mm-hmm. two movies come out the same day. Two of my favorite movies, both of them, Dana Delaney, <laughs> Batman, the animated movie. And Tombstone, Tombstone both oh, yes. in the same day. Nice. I went out and saw them both right then and there. Yes. <laughs> but because the success of Batman and the last thing we can really dive into is Superman, the animated series, because yep. I don't know what else to call it. Uh, but the fun yeah. thing about Superman, the animated series, and it was weird for me watching it because I was so used to the Christopher Reeve Superman where he's almost invincible. In yeah. order to keep it interesting, they powered Superman down a little bit. That way I noticed have, that. Yeah, I remember. He could actually get himself knocked for a loop a few times before, in the end, he would he would win. He would. Yeah. He would hold himself back sometimes. He'd hold himself back because sometimes you see that he would hold himself back. He would try really hard not to push himself. Not to push himself. He wanted to give him a chance, give him a chance. Finally, you pushed him, pushed him, and he'd go for it. (laughs) Now, this is not even with bullets because, like, yeah, we have in the movies, we we see Brandon Routh getting shot in the eye and not even having an effect. But then I watch, I'm watching the animated series and actually have like a helicopter gun is hitting Superman and it's actually pushing him back off of a roof. Like, wow. And the movies, he'd be like, oh, you're shooting me? I don't care how powerful your gun is. No big deal. Right. Yeah. But in that animated series, if you're shooting him stuff, he's kind of like, oh, oh, hey, 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 hey. You know? Yeah. yeah. Now, one thing in that cartoon, I must admit, now I like the music. Well, yeah. But Should in my mind, it? in my mind, I, I can't help it. Anytime I see Superman, I can't help but hear the John Copy Williams music. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but they do kind of like, don't they, don't they kind of like tribute that a little bit in the soundtrack for the cartoons? I feel like you have something has, that's like, very similar. similar. Vibe. Yeah. It, it, Batman certainly did. Oh, they, 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 they have they their vibes, Tim yeah. Burton's music a little bit. But there. man, when you have the uh, Christopher Reeve, uh, uh, hello, I'm, I meant to say John Williams music, they didn't, they didn't do that, but they had something that had a very good sound to it you know yeah and and i do like it uh they had because even the sound to that music and you're like okay they're trying really hard to sound similar without taking the copyright there you know yeah yeah which although you know warner brothers owned the music they probably could have done it probably i guess they thought they were far enough away from the old superman movies that they were like no we can just come up with something new here you know yeah batman the animated series was still in the time of like two tim burton films they were like they might have wanted to distance themselves from superman 4 so well that could be (laughs) not just that keep in mind they were at the time trying to bring out a new superman movie of tim burton's right with uh with um Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yeah. That that was in the works at the time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. With the weird Tim Burton translucent yeah. suit. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if that had been made? Yeah, that would have been strange. Oof. Not, not not that I, I wouldn't have given Tim Burton a chance or even Nicholas Cage because he it's people put him down now, but he was a good actor at the yeah. time. It's yeah. just that he really commits to a role. He does. <laughs> He tries, yeah. but we'll see what would have happened. Who knows? But yeah. it might have been interesting, but I, 
you know, <laughs> I don't know. That would have been different. <laughs> yeah, it would have. It would have. Well, and he was gonna he was gonna be the long haired Superman. Yep, that he would have. Yeah. It would have just been. It would have been almost, I think, like a early '90s time capsule. It would have been. <laughs> it would not have been. No. Like like Batman is, you know, yeah. Tim Burton's Batman is uh, timeless. And not just that. But I don't think that Superman. And not just would have that. Been. That Superman also would have been in time with with George Clooney's Batman. Oh jeez. If you think about oh, it. Oh jeez. Yeah. Because when they first started talking of making it was in '96, and that was at the time when they were getting finished filming Batman and Robin. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oof. So that would not have been too good I will confess to seeing that in the theaters, I think at least twice. Though, well, I saw it a couple of times in wow. theaters. I'm sorry to say, I was trying to convince myself. Did I go with you one of the times yeah. I went? I know I went with a girlfriend I had at the time. I, I tried really hard time. to convince myself that I liked it. I really did try. Yes. Yeah. I, oh, I tried. Man. It's not that bad of a movie. I was trying really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare for a bit of harvest. It's coming last. Terrible. That was a terrible. I still, I, I still watch it occasionally to force my. I don't mean watch it. What I mean is, I it's watch comedy. Bits of it to, to you re- could riff tracks that. Thing. I had good times, but that film, oh. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, film that killed the Batman franchise for a while. Yes. Yeah. Which they're about to do again with this new. Well, okay. no, we don't I guess know. I should you give it a chance know. with the new no, movie. I'm I, keeping an open mind. Me too. I'm me keeping too. an open mind. Batman. Everybody has fussed about Spider Man getting rebooted a couple of times. Like, Batman's had more reboots than Spider Man, so everybody can just cool off. He's had more yeah, reboots well, than he has blue boots. Spider Man <laughs> sh- felt like a shorter amount of that, time. It, it was. Spider Man, you had That's like true. one movie ending in like 2005, and then the next one was like less than five. No, I'm 2000. Yeah, 2000. 2007. 2007 then you had like another reboot in like 2010 2011 yeah. something like that yeah. that's pretty close together like may- weird yeah <laughs> my biggest problem is actually i mean because i love tom holland my biggest problem is that they like made the suit too powerful yeah. and to me mm. that detracts from like no spider-man is powerful yeah. he right, has right. powers right. Right. that's like giving superman like a special suit like that gives him extra <laughs> powers it's like you don't need to do that. Yeah, they, like, they got to sell their toys. Especially yeah, they do. They got to sell. They got to sell toys. Right. They got to have yeah. toys for Batman. No, you're They're right. They're gonna though. do that anyway. You're right. <laughs> Thanks, Joel Schumacher. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's like I remember when the toys came. Even before him, when the toys came yeah. out, you had to have special glow in the dark green Batman. Yeah. Camouflage yeah. Batman. Yeah. Night that's Strike right. Batman. Yeah. Green I with white those. lightnings. I had a couple of those. Yeah. I'm like, where was this in the movie? I don't right. care. It's a toy. I'll buy it. Not even in the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but here's <laughs> all right. So here's the question. Here's the okay. question. And I will right. allow animated versions as well. Who was the best Batman? Honestly, I think the best Batman. <sighs> it's tough. I know. There's a lot of it's either it's honestly to me, it's either Ben Affleck or Christian Bale. I actually loved both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh I I was surprised by how much I really liked I like Ben Affleck. As Batman, not necessarily how that worked out in like Batman versus Superman. Yeah. So I feel like just because of the terrible writing in that, I'd have to hand it to Christian Bale. But I think I really liked I liked Ben Affleck as as Batman. I liked that character and I liked the the style and the costume and, and kind of the more gritty approach they gave him. Um 
you know, or he's he's just down to shoot stuff. Like he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he kind of made up for. I, although I don't actually dislike that Daredevil movie. Honestly, yeah, it's, it wasn't bad. Uh, I but, tried. I thought I didn't dislike it, and then I went back and watched it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. It, it There's was, a lot wrong oh, with it, bad. but it's still it's kind of fun. It's not that he did bad. Yeah, you no, know, he was fine. Yeah, it was just it was just the way something they, just something just not. Yeah, they were still in that awkward CGI phase where they yeah, were trying to yeah, yeah. where they could. Yeah. And was, that was rough. I got to yeah. say, if I'm ever going to watch it again, because I have it, but yeah. I got to say, director's the, the, the director's cut, yeah, it's got some scenes that help flesh out a lot more of how he managed to take down the key, the kingpin in a legal fashion yeah. with going in. And what is it Snoop Dogg yeah. that actually has an appearance as playing a criminal? But but Michael Clark Duncan, remember. even though I got to say, you, you can't beat the guy playing Kingpin, you know, the yeah. newer one. But Michael Clark Duncan did do a good job. Him, he did a do a good line. job. Michael yeah. Clark Duncan did. Yeah. You know? yeah, he was a good Kingpin. Yeah, for yeah sure. he was. Still, though, for me, my best Batman is still Kevin Conroy. Yeah. As far as oh, he, he okay. never suit, yeah. Kevin Conroy has just, he's been my favorite. I mean, up to that, you know, I Michael Keaton was surprised to me, I'm, I got to say, because yeah. I'm used sure. to like Mr. Yeah. Mom and seeing all of these comedies. When he was playing Batman, I was like, well, okay. But he he's the first one, I think, that presented. Because when I'd grown up watching Adam West, you know, there wasn't much difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah. And, and even in Super Friends, you didn't really see Bruce Wayne. But then suddenly you get Michael Keaton and he's, oh, hi, I'm Bruce Wayne and I'm Batman. And suddenly we had this difference yeah. in dynamic. Then Kevin Conroy, uh, even with seeing some behind the scenes stuff of Master Phantasm, he talks about how, well, you know, Batman's those darker corners of a man. And then Bruce Wayne is very jovial. And he had a very yeah. different thing in his voice that he would do that I loved that different personalities yeah, like, that Kevin hey, what's up? It. Yeah. And I like that yeah. everybody's trying to replicate that. I mean, that's something Christian Bale, everybody likes to make fun of this. But at least yeah. Christian Bale was putting that effort to make him sound different. Ben Affleck, yeah. I think, had the benefit that they did, like, it made sense, though, that he would have, like, a voice modification in the cowl. Yeah. Ben Affleck, yeah. I think, had benefited from that little trick. He didn't have to do a different voice. Yeah. But... I you know he I think Ben Affleck did better than I expected oh, him to do. I mean he wasn't bad. Yeah. I was I was kind of like eh, I don't know, but you know hats off to Ben Affleck for yeah. doing a good job. But it wasn't on. I, 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 I didn't Conroy care for though. those movies much, but it wasn't him. Yeah, and it wasn't Henry either. You know Henry Cavill. Yeah, I th I think Henry Cavill could be a great Superman if yeah. they write him right. Yeah, it's gonna say it's not yeah. him. I, yeah. In fact, the first time I, I think, saw him, I think I would say he is a great yeah. great Superman, yeah. and I liked him in Man of Steel. I didn't sure. like everything about Man of Steel, no, but neither. I liked him. I yeah. can't stand. And the uh, oh wait wait I was thinking of the wrong movie I'm gonna say I couldn't stand the Lex Luthor and it's huh. not it's not that I don't oh, like the actor the actor himself is not a bad actor it's just him yeah. as Lex is not Lex yeah. but here's the thing right. uh, when I first saw Henry Cavill was long a uh, long time ago in the the man of uh, the Monte, Count of Monte Count Cristo, of Monte Cristo and I said to my teenager. aunt I was out seeing my aunt she was still with me at the time I was at the theater watching her uh, I looked over her I said he would be a great Superman someday and. Uh, th this is no back way. to yeah, two thousand one yeah. or something. Oh, that was yeah. And, and and she said, "You're always seeing that, aren't you?" I said, "Yeah, but he would be." And yeah. sure <laughs> enough, and, and in fact, whenever I saw that he was going to be Superman, I said, "I wish I could talk to my aunt. She's in heaven now." Mm -hmm. but I, I said, "I wish I could talk to my aunt because she would be laughing right now." See, <laughs> she says, "See, yeah. you're yeah. right." <laughs> to be fair, you also said that about Steve Buscemi. <laughs> And, and, you know. I, yeah, I, I said that about Bill Cosby. No, I'm kidding. Oh, right, yeah. oh no, no, no. <laughs> I, I didn't mean like those, that. Yeah. Those didn't pan out quite as well. No, yeah. yeah. yeah I know, thought if, Don if Knotts would do it. Stopped clock is right once, you know, twice a day. Yeah, so twice a day. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Don Knotts didn't quite do the role right. but yeah. <laughs> well, We got to start wrapping this up, though. Sure, sure. Uh, but you didn't get to say who was your favorite Batman. Oh, well. 
I uh, I love so many, but I'll have to go with you, Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Be, first of all, because he's yeah. gotten to do it so much longer, so it's it's That's like a solid part of it. Yeah. And uh, and Michael Keaton, of course, as far as live action, only because I was surprised. But I, I do, I do got to give a salute to Adam West for for yeah, one reason. I still love Adam West because but, that's how yeah. Batman was at the time. When people right. say Adam, yeah. was, when people always say Batman was never like that, like bull. At <laughs> the time, the 60s. <laughs> he was that way. Yeah, and Adam West really didn't have anyone to look at. It's true they yeah. had the serials and all that. I'm talking about not what you eat. I'm talking about serials of the movies. Yeah, but he really didn't have an actor to look at, and and uh, so there really was no difference yeah. between Batman. And Bruce Wayne and the, and the comics and all that. And the comic, yeah, the comics at that time were very like cheesy. The fifties comics yeah. were bad. <laughs> were just so goofy. They were. They kind of really, had no choice. You, if you went back to like the forties, the 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 early yes. Batman was actually dark, and yeah. he was just yeah. freaking. Yeah. He'd kill people. Yeah, like he just. I have a collection of his old comic like originals, and like he's just like tossing, breaking people's. Legs and tossing yeah. them out of windows and stabbing them and yeah because they're more like the so old, you'd have to like yeah go back twenty years because yeah. they were more like the uh, old uh, books that you'd read but that happened was once you got that uh, I'll say perverted man who started saying that uh, comics were for perverts he said that and really he was oh, a pervert that one uh, yeah because he would say that yeah. the, that uh, Batman and Robin and others were getting people to think immorally when in reality that wasn't the way it was. Yeah. So therefore, they had to watch everything they made. You couldn't have anybody yeah. fight hardly. It had to be they're taking on robots and alien, and everything changed. And so yeah. therefore, those poor people had to watch everything. That's why Adam West and them had to be cheesy and corny because yeah. comic books were corny and cheesy. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, like I said, we need to wrap this okay, up. Let's wrap. It. Uh, so, <laughs> but everybody, so everybody. Thanks, Chris Collin, for Chris, coming along nice here. Nice meeting you, Yeah, sir. thank you so much. This is fun. And make sure you all check out Stunning and Brave, which it's it's very different. Instead of being fanboy, he gets to be, like I said, a smartcasm. 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 We've decided. It's, it's, <laughs> it, that is your word of the day. But Stunning and Brave, I warn you now, you will be slightly offended, but you're supposed to laugh at yourself a little bit because they're, it's an equal opportunity offender. They make fun of yes. everybody and everything, especially if you consider yourself to be pretty woke, you're probably going to get pretty offended because we're going to make fun of you because... Wow. But definitely us on the other side of things, (laughs) we go to extremes too and do really dumb things. And we're not afraid to make fun of that too. So if you can laugh at anything, you're going to love this show. By the way, I got to acknowledge the fact I see your steamboat Willie back there in the corner. I I just spotted. Woohoo. Yes. 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 (laughs) Little miniature steamboat Willie. Awesome. (laughs) I have a giant plush one over there that actually my wife got me for Christmas. I'm telling you. Oh, nice. And he whistles his little tune and dances. I love it. Yes. Okay. (laughs) We have to acknowledge Mickey Mouse because that's the sort of show that we kind of are. Oh, boy. All right. But anyway, so everybody, like I said, stunning and brave. If you've got the guts to be able to laugh at anything and deal with some smart aleckness. Plus, join the autonomous zone, the stunning and brave. I guess we just call it SPAZ. S-B-A-Z. Yeah. Because the fun part is... Whenever, yes. Well, you're taking a break right now, but every week there will be what is problematic about blank and it could be about anything. And it's fun to see some of the comments of what people come up with that's yes. problematic about it could be pizza. What's problematic about pizza? And people <laughs> yeah. come up with the greatest stuff and you use it all in the show. It is hilarious. It is a collective bunch of weirdos with funny ideas and they get to just throw it all together and present it to you. Yeah. It's definitely y'all got to check it out. It's fun. That's a that's a Facebook group, the Stunning and Brave Autonomous Zone or SBAZ. Yeah, we <laughs> welcome anyone who wants to get in on the fun there. 
But yeah, we got to remember, we're all just being funny. Sometimes people take it too seriously and forget, hey, we're making fun of stuff. We're just having right. a laugh because you have yeah. to have a laugh at some of the crazy things in our crazy world. Yeah. Because otherwise we're going to cringe. Okay. And that is going to wrap it up here for us here at the Fandom Nexus. And where, of course, we do want to remind you to get lost in an adventure. Become a Lost Boy or Pixie over at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can join our official little fan club. It's just for fun. We want to, of course, thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for helping us out with our intro. Remember, you can send us an email, podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. We are NeverlandPCast. Facebook, of course, you can find both a group and a fan page under Neverland Podcast. You can also leave us a voicemail, 816-226-6492, and donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast, where I have an exclusive content this week. I have the unedited video of our conversation with Chris Cowan, because I had to trim it down quite a bit. Uh, And also, of course, I did get video because we were on Skype. So I have the unedited video available only for our Patreon supporters. So go over there and check it out. All right, we will see you next time.